Well, uh, the rest of the story uh, goes as Pharaoh's army uh, followed them into the sea, and then, of course, uh, the sea collapsed over them and vanquished the army. Now, Disney, of course, took some liberties uh, with that story, but I can't imagine the ox or donkey or whatever it is not wanting to go into the sea. Can't you, Pastor Brian? And I can imagine an old man saying, hey, I don't want to lose my cart here. I I want to bring my cart through. What a great and amazing story. A question for each one of us this morning is, would we have gone through the sea? Would we have had the faith to keep going and to follow and to go into the sea, or would we have waited? What's the high point in the story of Exodus? And we've been taking a look at the themes that are woven throughout this story, the themes of God's mercy, the themes of God's salvation, redemption, the beautiful work of of mercy and deliverance. We've also seen over the past few weeks the theme of God's judgment and ultimate victory over evil. All of these themes come swirling together in this passage through the sea. Israel is delivered from her oppressor, the mighty, by the mighty, wonderful act and work of God. So here's what I want us to do with this story today. I want us to consider it not just an event that happened in the nation of Israel, but I want us to consider how it echoes into our lives today. The episode of Israel crossing through the sea echoes in a powerful way and shows us the way that God works in our lives. And what I want us to see is the inescapable reality. We'll spend most of our time uh, on that one idea, and then your path through the sea. The inescapable reality. Let's dive back into the story. Look at the reaction of the Israelites as you read through chapter 14. They are pinned down between Pharaoh's army and the sea. Play this out for a moment, this rock and this hard place. Pharaoh's leading the most powerful army in the world to come and capture them. And at the point in the story, before they cross into the sea, the sea wasn't really an option for them, right? They didn't have an option at that moment before Moses parted the sea. There's no way they could have built one ark, much less a fleet of arks to get over the sea. So they're thinking, we're either about to be slaughtered or the only thing we can do is just stand here and when Egypt gets here, surrender to them and hopefully we can just sort of do a, let's let bygones be bygones and you know, take us back to Egypt and we'll figure things out there. Let's notice something that happened in the nation of Israel before the sea parted. In their time of duress, they were at first delusional. When the pressure was on, they started making up another version of the truth. Moses, we told you we didn't want to be liberated. Hey, we were just fine making bricks without straw and having Pharaoh issue genocidal decrees. The truth is, yes, they did grumble. But when Moses came to them and God demonstrated his power in Moses through his staff, God confirmed the call. The text tells us in chapter 4 that they bought in, that they worshiped God. But then when the pressure was on, they got delusional. People start making up all kinds of stuff when things seem to be going wrong. When God wants to lead us into something good, when he wants to set us free and set our lives up on a higher plane, you can expect the voices and the vices of the past to whisper, you know, it was just a lot better 
in Egypt. It is one of the most powerful ways the evil one hinders our spiritual growth. We are told that counterfeit power, the counterfeit success, the counterfeit rush is better than faith, is better than trust, is better than spiritual power, is better than spiritual peace and spiritual joy. And even though you know better, even you know that that your Egypt was not good for you, the evil one will make walking in joyful, glad communion with God look less attractive than destruction in Egypt. Israel left Egypt, but it would take a really long time for Egypt to get out of the Israelites. Let me say it again. Israel left Egypt, but it would take a really long time for Egypt to get out of the Israelites. This is why we need trusted friends in our lives who will ask us the tough question at times. Are you sure you really want to go back to Egypt? Another reaction, and this one is silent, but at least the way the text unfolds, it seems like they didn't cry out to God for another miracle. I kept, you know, When you read the, the passage, you say, okay, why didn't they just say, God, help us here? They had just seen God perform incredible signs and wonders, tend to be exact, not counting the, the staff and snake scene with Moses. You know, we talked about this last week, but it, it bears repeating in case you weren't here. This is why... We need to tell and retell the story of God in our lives. What it means for us to participate in the story of God. We tell our story of faith over and over and over to our friends and our children and our grandchildren, our co-workers, so that they can know about the goodness of God, so they can know about the greatness of God, and so that we can lean on the promises fulfilled that God has delivered us in the past so that we can draw strength from how God has worked in our lives in the past so that it can carry us in that moment when we need to step into the sea to step into our freedom in the future. That's why telling the story, that's why worshiping, singing, you know, we sing some of the same songs, been singing some of the same songs for hundreds of years as the body of Christ. And we sing some of the same songs because we want to tell and retell the story of God. I have a friend of mine in Minnesota who came to faith in the ministry of the church that that we helped start out there. And my friend came to faith, but for the longest time, he wouldn't tell his family. And for the longest time, he didn't want to, to become baptized because he didn't want to make waves, if you'll pardon the pun, in his family because his family was from a different faith tradition. And he didn't want to cause, cause trouble there. Finally, one day, he, he said, called me up and wanted to go for coffee. And so we went for coffee, and he said, you know, I'm ready. And so uh, back then, uh, in order to have a baptismal service, we had to find water because, you know, they don't build public schools in Minnesota with baptistries. Uh, I, I don't think they do in Virginia either. Um, and so uh, a friend of ours had a pool in his backyard. Uh, we found the one person in Minnesota that had an outdoor pool, by the way. Uh, but anyway, he had a pool in the backyard, and he said he, did, he made it the biggest party. He actually roasted a pig. Made me feel at home, you know, being from North Carolina. But roasted a pig. We had a great time. And my friend was baptized in that guy's backyard pool. And there at the baptism was his brother and his brother's wife and their kids. And within a year, his brother and brother's wife became Christians. They came to faith 
in Jesus. Why? Because my friend said, I want to tell the story of what God has done in my life. And that's why we tell and we retell the story of God. That was critical for the Israelites to keep remembering the story. But at that moment, before the sea parted, they had forgotten how God had delivered. So what is the inescapable reality? That is my main idea. I'm glad you really asked. I didn't think I'd ever get to it. The inescapable reality is that you're never going to be completely free. Let me say that again. The inescapable reality is that you're never going to be completely free. Now, to the 21st century person, especially in our culture, that is almost like saying you're never going to breathe. You see, we've equated freedom with being in total control over our lives, that we answer to no one, that we're the king or queen of our own destiny. When we are young, we want to be free from our parents. When we have kids, we want to at least on occasion be free from the kids, at least maybe one night a week. Parents in the room, right? Yeah. No offense. When we get older, we want the freedom of retirement. As seniors, we want the freedom of keeping our driver's license and on and on and on. But what we see from this great story is that freedom is not the end. It is the means to the ultimate goal. When we go back and review the story, we learn that Moses never just said, set my people free or let my people go. That's how we remember the story. We shorten it. Set my people free or let my people go. No. What did he say? Let me read it again from Exodus 7, 16. God told Moses to say to Pharaoh, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, let my people go so they may worship me in the wilderness. And over and over and over we hear that refrain. Let them go, set them free, so that they can worship me in the wilderness. Worship in this context includes the idea of holy service. God wanted them free from Egypt so they would worship Him and serve His purposes in the world. Remember, their purpose was to be a vessel of God's glory so that all nations would turn and worship God. The point was not to liberate them so that they could control their own destiny. Remember what we said last week. What God redeems, God claims as His own. What God sets free, God claims as His own. The point was for them to be free from the bondage of the Egyptians so that they could give themselves in service to God. And this is where they would find great and lasting joy. God liberates us from being enslaved to sin so that we may be free and available for Him to work His holy purposes in and through our lives. And it is in this holy purpose that we live and breathe and find our meaning. One writer wrote, the ultimate end of our freedom is to apprehend and embrace the truth. And I'll put a capital T on that. The truth is in Jesus Christ. But we can use it for other ends if we're not careful. Thus, human history is a profound drama. In the life of every man stands the question of how he will use his freedom to attain the truth or come to the truth or follow his own designs. Maybe a little on a lower shelf of accessibility, Bob Dylan wrote, you're going to serve somebody 
It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you are going to serve somebody. But it is only in our service to the Lord that we find our life, and we find our joy, and we find our reason for living. St. Irenaeus said, the glory of God is man fully alive, but the life of man is the vision of God. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. And he didn't say you're not going to have a yoke. He said, take my yoke. Take my yoke. Come with me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The salvation message for us today, the good news is that when God is the ultimate reality, our Lord, our Savior, that is when we have life for all eternity and life for today. Yes, we're liberated from sin, and yes, we're liberated so we can be bound to Him in worship and service. Let me say that again. We are liberated from sin, and we're liberated so we can be yoked up with Him in worship and in service. So a gentle question. What or whom do you serve? What or whom do you serve? What or who is really calling the shots in your life? You're going to serve something or somebody. Why don't you make it the Lord today? The second idea is our path through the sea. Back to the story. The, Israel, the Egyptians are closing in on the Israelites. And as you saw, God commands Moses to stretch out his arm and the sea parts. The Israelites pass through the sea. The Egyptians follow. God confuses Pharaoh's army. And after the last Israelite has passed through, God commanded Moses to basically put the water back. He does, and the army of Pharaoh is vanquished. And what do the people do? We'll see next week as we lean into the next chapter. They bowed down and they worshiped God. Remember, this is the point. They were liberated so they could bear homage to the one true living God. Centuries later, another servant of God would stretch out his arms. But this time those arms would be nailed to a cross. And when he did, he crushed the armies of evil that want to enslave you, that want to keep you bound. But he set you free. And he liberated you so that you could come and worship and serve him. He made a path through the sea for you. When you take him into the very center of your being, when you reach out and grab his salvation rescue, you are set free from all that wants to destroy you. So where are you in this story today? Are you walking in the freedom of the Lord joyfully? Praise God today and continue to worship Him and to serve Him with great joy. Commit to daily service and watch God use you to help others find their salvation and joy. Are you in the grip of someone or something other than Jesus? If you are, reach out to Him. Let Him rescue you and give you His life.
Or, Christian, are you in a state of situational slavery? You have tasted your salvation freedom, but you've allowed someone or something to grip and rob you of the joy of walking with Christ. Ask Christ to refresh, renew, to strengthen your faith and break the hold of that which is draining your joy today. The people of Israel passed through the sea. Our Lord God delivered them. Jesus made a way for each one of us to be delivered and set free so that we would worship him and serve him with all of our being. How good and how great is our God. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, we do thank you so much for the way that you come into our lives and that you deliver us. The way that you set us free from the bondage of sin and death. God, when we think about how much you love us, how you've set your wonders and your power into motion so that we could be free through Christ, we just turn to you and we sing praises to your name. We sing and we tell of your wonders. We praise you. And we offer our lives to you in humble service, in humble gratitude. And God, I pray that each one of us, as we consider what it means to be liberated by you for service and for worship, that you would remind us of of those who have not yet heard, those who have not yet opened their hearts to you, that we would tell and retell your story so that those may come to know you and your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.